happy new year 2021 everyone it's been such a roller coaster ride to reach here but the experience has been worth remembering as it taught us a lot the year 2020 was full of self realization appreciation and commitment to doing things we never thought could be done to sail through the challenging tides of time and here we are better than yesterday and prepared for the future which would be definitely great welcome to this new beginning and thank you so much for joining me on the podcast of PMISF Bay Area Chapter Back to Basics Season 1 meant for the professionals of project management in Bay Area and this is me your host Priya Kaur Today on my show I have not just one but two flamboyant guests who would soon be sharing with us their years long extracted knowledge and wisdom to land a job through some of the best tried and tested virtual interviewing practices. Please welcome Christina Sahagun and Jennifer Kopats. Christina is an experienced HR professional with 10 years of progressive HR generalist experience in various industries throughout the Bay Area and currently working at Autodesk, a software design company headquartered in San Rafael with over 100 million users worldwide. She has extensive experience in sourcing candidates, managing applicant tracking systems, maintaining company LinkedIn pages and partnering with hiring managers to build their teams. Next on the panel, we have Jennifer who is is a senior engineering recruiter with over 15 years of experience in recruitment focused on technical recruiting for high tech positions and companies she has worked with companies like guardian edge acquired by semantex cisco systems and google and currently working at autodesk please welcome christina and jennifer on our show and to lead this conversation we have lola who is a member of pmi sfb area chapter with us as our contributor on the show today over to you lola Christina, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and your career journey? How did you get into where you are now? What was your career path and either of you can decide to start? Yeah, so my name is Christina Sahagan. I'm a native of San Francisco. Right now in my role, I'm an HR manager supporting uh, the engineering team at Autodesk, which is a large software design company based out of San Rafael in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been in my role 5 years. This is actually the longest I've ever been with the company, so I'm very excited and you know, I'm fortunate to be with the company and in my role where I've supported different business units. So as a result, I feel as though, you know, I have changed jobs every 2 years as a result of the company growing and ebbs and flows in the business. So I'm fortunate to to be with Autodesk, I feel. So in terms of my yeah. thank you. 5 years is a long time. I know. I yeah. know. It 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 really flew by and as I said, you know, just the the company growing so much and mm-hmm. you know, as a result impacts to my job and the work that i do just changing over the years makes the time go by very quickly. And Jennifer, uh, if you want to take it as well. Sure. My name is Jennifer Copatz Olson and I'm also a native of San Francisco. I have been at Autodesk 4 years and then I have a 20-year career as a technical recruiter. I'm a senior recruiter at Autodesk also supporting the engineering functions. and I'm happy to be here. Great. Thank you ladies for that uh, quick synopsis and intro. And uh before we get right into things and as far as like your, you know, career history, how did you get into recruiting? Like what was the journey that led you to this role and is this where you see yourself probably next 5 years in chapter of your career life? 
Well, I started out, I graduated from UC Berkeley and I got a job in a recession. It wasn't the ideal job. I was just happy to have a professional role. And after a few years, I took a battery of career tests and HR and recruiting had kept coming up in my profile. I was a recruiter during the dot-com bubble and I did extremely well and then I rode the wave down. So then when I had the opportunity to get an internal role within a company, that was my next goal. And then I continued to be internal at companies like Cisco and Google and now Autodesk for the last 15 years of my career. And the next five years, I think I will probably stay in the recruiting function, either as a technical recruiter or a lead recruiter mentoring junior recruiters. I have a real um, passion for optimization. That's great. That's great. And I'm sure any company will be glad to have your years of experience because it definitely comes with value. Uh, Christina, do you want to take the same question uh, in as far as like where you see yourself and kind of what the future looks like for you? I certainly have had a, a different career kind of progression. I actually graduated from the University of San Francisco with a degree in marketing. So funny enough, in my last semester at, um, at USF, I had some elective courses that I was able to take and started taking employment law classes and took an HR class. And that's where, you know, I, I felt there was a good match. I was very interested in the law and even considered going to law school after my bachelor degree ended up not doing that. But I had, a, I definitely had an interest in law and still do. Like I enjoy like the black and white aspect of it and being able to help people find their rights and all of these good things that, that come with the law, but also enjoy people, right? And that's kind of where the HR component comes to play. So in my career, I've been in generalist roles where, you know, there have been times where I've dabbled in various aspects of HR, whether it be benefits administration, leave of absence management, recruiting, or now in my role where I really work very closely with managers and employees and in terms of the employee engagement experience. So, you know, when I look at the next five years, I'm open to that. And, you know, something that I'm very passionate right now is the employee experience and manager enablement. So, you know, I think all of us, myself included, when we work at a company, when we spend so much time, we want to be treated with dignity, respect and be able to, you know, grow our careers and also contribute and bring our you know, best selves to work and contribute our talents in that way. So, you know, creating that environment really starts with leadership. Right. And the example they set for the organization. So where I'm able to play a role in, in helping drive some of that accountability and you know, stress on an organization, that's what I'd like to do over the next five years. So it's hard to say exactly what job title that entails, but somehow touching that aspect is really important to me. Great. That sounds like a good career plan and just how you guys have explained your path and journey. Now, the topic at hand is interviewing, and it can be a stressful process for most people when looking for a job. It is great that you both bring a different perspective on the topic, and you'll give us some good insight. To kick things off, how has the process of interviewing changed in terms of traditional interviews and where we are now? And secondly, how can candidates be better prepared to successfully get through an interview? When, it, when you take a step back and kind of look at interviewing in general, you know, it all starts with the hiring manager and, you know, them identifying that there's a need for a certain role on their team, right? And the ask for them is to identify what the skills, attributes, success factors of that role are and put together a job description to, you know, share with, with the community to attract talent, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that hasn't changed. And if anything, I think 
what's come to light out of this situation where we're all working from home and, you know, we have the added stress of personal things coming into play and, and the ability to demonstrate some of those soft skills like resiliency, adaptability, multitasking, communication. These skills have become more important than ever during this time. So, you know, if I take a step back and look at the high level when it comes to actually crafting a job description, I think the hiring manager has had a change in mindset in identifying that these are things that are really, really important to success in this role and what I'd like to look for in a candidate pool. Mm. And Jennifer, to take a stab at the same question. Yeah, from the candidate view, I think what is important is, of course, they cannot come into a, an office, meet the interviewers in person, face to face. They can't come in well dressed in a suit and, and sort of prepared for the interview. So they have to do a lot of things at home or wherever they're taking the interview to, to bring that environment. So you're picking up on, you know, your body language, being able to have good lighting, making your area look professional. I think there's much more heavy research that needs to be done from the candidate side. And then to demonstrate their abilities is a little more challenging because you're not necessarily working out a problem on a whiteboard, for instance, or drawing something out. So there's a lot more that needs to be done, maybe in a chat or an online shared document that shows the person's knowledge or abilities, especially in the technical realm. And just really showing up and making sure that they're fully focused, dressed well, and ready for an interview, even though they're at home. And, and so you have to adjust your home or your setting to be ready for an interview. Now, since you guys are, and as far as like, you know, recruiters and hiring managers, you're sort of like the gatekeeper for a company. And I'm sure you're probably getting tons and tons of like candidates and applicants to sort through in each of your roles. What are the key things that jumps out to you in the ideal candidate that you eventually select or invite for an interview with your company? I think depending on the role and what the hiring manager's needs are, when I um, start a role, I really talk to the hiring manager and I really want to know the story about the role, not just what's on the paper, but what the real need is. And then they work out, we have an alignment guide at Autodesk where they have to fill it out and they have to talk about really the abilities of the person, the pros and cons of the role, and what's really needed in the role, and really what the person's going to do. So it, it takes it off the paper and into reality. And then we start talking about, well, if there isn't a perfect person, the 100%, what's the 80%? And what is needed to grow into the role? We see a lot of people at Autodesk, uh, especially in the more junior roles that have come in, and haven't had much experience and have really flourished at Autodesk. So we try to use those stories as well to encourage the hiring manager to have a broader scope. And then from there, I go, th I go through all the resumes manually, all the applicants that come in for the role. I start with a wider search in the beginning and present the resumes to the hiring manager. And then it evolves over time. But I look at the experience. I also look at projects. I look at if somebody has won a competition or participated in some unique clubs, trying to have the whole person, I think is really important. It's not always necessarily every skill, but if it's somebody that stands out, 
I, I always present the candidate, like even a wider pool in the beginning. Recently, I had a role that I had 800 applicants and I went through all 800 applicants. <laughs> That's a lot. How yes. long did that take to That's, get through? That, I could go through 40 applicants in an hour. So oh you can gosh. imagine 20 yeah. hours over a few weeks. And oh, wow. um, the hiring manager had 20 plus phone interviews. And then we had a short list of five that went for a virtual onsite interview. Anything that made the person stand out. Now, Christina, how do you select candidates uh, when you start going through the process of bringing people in at Autodesk? Yeah, I think, you know, for me in my role supporting hiring managers, I probably, you know, don't have to search through 800 resumes. That's amazing. And, you know, I, I typically work with hiring managers if once they get to kind of that final round and are kind of, you know, teetering between one or two candidates and just need to brainstorm or to have some thought partnering on, you know, how they are how they want to approach this problem because often you know it's a good problem to have you have two or three great candidates and and the hiring manager is making a choice between you know very good options so you know talking through again brainstorming with them you know what what are the gaps on their team you know what what would bring the most value to their team in terms of you know what jennifer just spoke about looking at the whole person and their experiences you know oftentimes the hiring managers will hone in on the stories that individuals share during those interviews so you know times when they're able to when an applicant's able to speak to experiences that they had that are tied to these gaps that hiring managers have on their team so you know potentially problems that they were able to solve how they solved it how they collaborated how they were adaptable in that you know tied to those competencies that they're looking for in the role um, so sharing those stories and, and then also you know asking the question and understanding what if any key learnings the applicant got from those experiences and how they were able to apply it moving forward because to a hiring manager you know that's what's gonna that's what's gonna set these candidates apart is understanding that you know these individuals had a tough experience they learned from it and grew because mm -hmm. it's hard to you know in an hour half an hour conversation gauge someone's ability to do that right, right. to grow and to learn and and expand so the more that a, a candidate can present their best selves demonstrating that the better and you know, likely that they're going to stand out to a hiring manager. Those are those are actually really important elements that you talked about. And as far as like, you know, going through the process of just sending resumes, you don't know how people are receiving that. Swinging your whole self is like a really key tidbit that I think is important. So I like that. Um, so and as far as like to kind of get us and in segue into the next part of the interviewing, what are some tips that you would give people pre-interview and how they present their whole self? I would say, again, being prepared for the interview, really taking it seriously, doing research on the company, the product, the team, check the profiles, the LinkedIn profiles of the interviewers. What really comes out when we do these debriefs from an interview is how much research the person has done and how interested they are in the role. And I say, I would say, you know, don't be just interested in the company, be interested in the role and why. Because hiring managers can feel if you're just trying to come into the company as a stepping stone or do they really want the role? Make sure your space, you know, your, your virtual space for the on-site interview is clean, professional, quiet, good lighting, you have good bandwidth, good Wi-Fi, <laughs> all of those things. And then making sure you're prepared that you get the phone numbers in case 
something does go out, really being prepared for the interview, talking about your stories in your role, not just what you did, but how you did it and why you did it. And that's what I really prep candidates on is the how and the why, because that's very important. That really tells how you would approach something. That's mm -hmm. what a hiring manager wants to know. How would you problem solve? What would you do? Why would you do this? This is next step. And can you elaborate on how someone can if they haven't really paid attention to the hows and the whys in their interview? And how do you really tell and expand on your hows and whys? Christina, do you want to take that one? Yeah, I think, you know, one important or, you know, helpful thing that especially, I, I mean, I've done it as I have interviewed myself is really dissecting that job description and trying to suss out from there the qualities that the hiring manager might be looking for. So, you know, whether it be working with difficult people or for a project manager, multitasking, managing customers, when you run out of time and need to adjust, these type of like situations that come up, trying to, you know, essentially make a short list of the situations that a hiring manager might be interested to understand, and then reflecting on your own experience and coming up with your own stories, right, for each of those and having, you know, very specific and unique examples for each of those. Yeah. Um, and this is situational interviewing. I mean, this is kind of the, the whole, that's what it's called, right? Mm -hmm. And there have been many times where I've sat in on interview panels where we've asked very specific situational interview questions. Tell me a time when you made a mistake and had to, you know, let the customer know. What did that look like? What did you do? What were the results? They're very pointed probing questions. And there have been numerous times where even when a candidate has been asked that question, they give general things like, oh, well, when that happens, this is what I would do. And this is what I would you know, tell that person, but they didn't specifically answer the question. Mm -hmm. So I think when Jennifer spoke about preparation, just being able to you know, pull specific examples is great. And having them tied to that job description and the qualities that the hiring manager might be able to or might be interested in are, are key. I mean, a, a classic, you know, tell me about your biggest mistake. What did you learn? Like everyone should have their answer to that question ready to go in their back pocket because it's going to happen. So how would you answer that question or what would be the ideal way? I think I've, I've had those situational questions and sometimes I'm really good at here's the problem, here's how I solved it and kind of like this is the result and what I've learned about it. Because I think it changes too, depending on the role and things are moving in an interview. What is the best way to answer that question that's like direct, gives enough information and is still factual? I think you should tell the story. I mean, obviously do it succinctly, but I think you should tell the story. I had that question a few years ago myself, and I uh -huh. talked about an offer that I gave another candidate. So it was a total privacy issue. It was the wrong offer. It was the same grade level. So then that person would know what that other person was making. Mm -hmm. So that's a really big blunder. So I have told the story, what happened how I worked with my hiring manager to fix it, how I worked with both candidates and the result. Basically, I would I would be truthful. I tell the story. I think that's where it's very authentic. If you can be authentic, mm -hmm. um, not give the story of, well, what's your biggest weakness? Oh, I, I work too hard or I work longer. <laughs> I mean, people, that's a generic answer. People want to know you and, and bring that to light. So... Uh -huh. That, that talks really about the person, how you are resilient mm -hmm. and how you can move forward and what mm -hmm. you can learn and move forward with. I would be I, truthful and authentic. Truthful and authentic like that. 
I would just add to that example, like Jennifer, yes, it totally comes up. And I think being truthful, authentic, and, you know, sharing the experience as, you know, it feels uncomfortable to do, right? Because we don't want to put ourselves in a bad light, but it happened, right? Mm -hmm. And I think what, what will set you apart when sharing those tough experiences is ending it with, okay, here's what I learned. And then next time it happened, or these are the safeguards I put in place with my own process so that it didn't happen again. So demonstrating that you made a mistake. Here's what you did. Here's how it was fixed. Here's what you learned. And here's how you applied that learning moving forward. Because I, I think that's key for a hiring manager to hear. Yeah, to demonstrate being able to think critically in different situations. It seems like Absolutely. the the outstanding uh, tidbit. I like that authenticity and truthfulness. I typically get the tell me about yourself. But the weakness questions, you know, there's the general premise that weaknesses are not ideal. But in as far as like, how would you authentically answer like, yes, I am weak in this. And where does that go? And as far as like, when you do choose a candidate? I would approach it with something that maybe I've worked on in the last year or so. And that I recognize that this was not optimal in my work. So say if it was time management and that I had difficulties with time management, I would say these are some of the difficulties that I had. And these are the things I have done. You know, I've taken a class. I've, I've noticed this was an issue. I noticed that it, I'm taking longer to do something. I took a class. I bought a timer. I bought an app. So I would talk about what your weakness is, admit it, and then what you've been doing about it. And I think being self-aware is another very important part in a role because even I had a hiring manager say to me, I'd rather have a can say, I don't know the answer than to try to pretend they know the answer and it's completely not relevant mm -hmm. because what they do not want on in their team is having somebody not knowing the answer, not doing anything about it. Uh, you bring up a really important uh, point, demonstrating that you do have the self-awareness enough to know that you don't know, and you're able to learn and grow from that. That's like probably an important skill. But I think probably the general premise is like, yeah, you don't want to show that you're this, you don't know, because then they don't pick you. So it's almost like a there's a fine line, but you know, being authentic and self-aware is really important as you're mentioning to be able to kind of know like okay this is my weakness i admit it right up front and then you know as a hiring manager you guys can decide if that's something that's really a deal breaker christina do you want to jump in here as well yeah, I will just say that's a great strategy for, you know, sneaking in a strength into talking about your weakness, right? Mm -hmm. You have self-awareness, you know, something else that, you know, another way is being able not only to be self-aware, but also like role aware. So what I mean by that is, you know, you, you're strategic in your role. You recognize that the way things are done today are changing. And there's there's an aspect of that that maybe you need to grow in. And I'll give you an example. You know, we're, we're in a pandemic. So obviously in my role, I do facilitation in person. So that cannot happen. Right? right. So if I were to be asked that question, I would say, you know, one thing that I'm working on, because I recognize that this is a strength that I need to build in the new world in my role is virtual facilitation skills. So here's what I'm doing to work on that. And uh, this is what I'll be doing. Right. Actually, I like that too, role aware, because then you're focusing on what you can bring to the role, some of the ways that you are kind of growing, if it's not like an area you are the strongest at. I like 
all those information, good, good topics. Now, making an impression, <laughs> making a good first impression is always important. How do you make a good first impression in the age of Zoom? Obviously, we talked about, you know, making your space, uh, you know, clean and organized and nothing kind of amiss. How does making first impressions, if you can't do it in person, still come to fruition in the context of the digital arena? I would say for interviews, um, I have noticed that hiring managers pick up if somebody's dressed up for the interview. So I would say, you know, having a professional look for the interview is important as a first impression. They re they recognize when people take notes. Being very involved in the interview, being very laser focused. I would say smile, eye contact via Zoom is very important. All of those things that you would pick up on and trying to make a good impression person. I think you just have to be a little bit more aware of it on Zoom because it, it won't be as natural. And same question, Christina. Yeah, I would echo all of those things. I think, you know, if there's the ability to minimize distractions around you so mm -hmm. that the, the interviewer can focus on you and, and also practicing active listening. So there are, you know, things, there's body language that you pick up on during Zoom, you know, look at the camera if you can, nod, mm -hmm. you know, although you are probably formulating your answer to the question being asked of you, you know, you could still, <laughs> yes. you could still do those things at the same time and, and right. present in that way. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Now, and as far as like body language, sometimes people either come off not as energetic or you don't want to come up too over energetic. How do you have a fine balance on Zoom that you're showing that you are interested without being over one or the other? I think matching the person that you're speaking to, maybe trying to pick up one. on their their energy and their vibe and trying to match that. I would say, you know, try to have as much energy for the role as possible. Um, you know, really prepare yourself and realize, figure out why you want the role and then be able to project that in the interview. So again, smile, be excited, maybe ask how you ask your questions, but people do want energy. That's a, that's a thing. And they do want excitement for mm -hmm. the role. If you can find that while you're thinking about the role and really you should apply for roles that you want. Mm -hmm. I think that is very important. Don't go to interviews if you're really not interested in the role. And as far as like you're interviewing and when you are kind of like making that final decision, what are the things that, you know, and as far as like say this person has given you the best answers, you know, they've given the best situational, they've gone through their weaknesses and you guys are making that final decision. What are the key things that probably tips the, the decision in yes or no? And how can candidates make themselves more well-rounded to be better selected in interviews? I would say what I hear a lot and what the decisions made on is not just what they, what the person can do today, mm -hmm. but what the person can do six, nine months from now. Mm -hmm. And so that becomes not just the, the spot they're filling today, but what can they do later? And so that's really what pushes a candidate over is mm -hmm. not only what they can fill in the in the role now but what they can do six months nine months are they a leader are they a self-starter can they move around can they plug different holes in mm -hmm. the in the roles and and be ex really expand can they be expanded other roles and, and i think that comes up a lot 
Now, and as far as like actual interview questions, what are some important questions that hiring managers are asking now, specifically in this time, because things are so different, getting to the core of like an individual that will grow within the organization and flourish? What are those key questions that are kind of coming up now out of this new frontier of interviewing? I don't know. I think one that always comes to mind here now and always is, you know, what what does your career look like five years from now? That's a question that always comes up. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, how is how is your approach with a customer? How is your approach with a maybe a team where you have to collaborate and and work with other team members? And how would you get the information? How would you include others? Because there's a lot of cross collaboration between teams how would you involve others how would you be inclusive that's another question uh, another point that we want so I think things like that I mean we're very much a customer company Mm -hmm. so it's very much how would you work with the customer to solve this problem how would you work with others the interviews typically it's a one-way conversation in the form of, you know, the company is kind of taking the lead. But for a candidate, also asking questions is an important part of the process as well. What are some key questions that candidates should be asking when they do come for interviews? And how does that work in their favor? What are the key things that jump out at you when you receive questions from candidates? I would say it goes back to the preparation. So maybe asking a question that's a feature question. Mm -hmm. So say they're working on a product, maybe it's not a mobile product at the moment. Maybe just asking what's what's your timeline for making a mobile product? What are some of the challenges? So that would be an example. So a forward thinking question, Mm -hmm. I think would be a good question to ask. And And it goes back to the preparation, the product and the team. And that you show interest and also you're thinking ahead. And people ask why you stayed at this company so long. I see your profile mm-hmm. was interested you and maybe getting the interviewer to speak a little bit about their own story is a good question as well. It, it shows interest in the company and the team and the person in the mm-hmm. interviewer itself. All right, Christina, what are some odd questions that maybe you've gotten that has really gotten your juices flowing as well? Yeah, sure. I don't know, just to, to go back and echo what Jennifer just said, though, you know, asking the, the interviewer about their career progression, because in a sense, you know, you're sitting in the candidate seat, mm-hmm. you're interviewing them as well, right? And and this is just more data for you to use to kind of hear someone's career progression, you know, what kept them at the company for you to make a decision if you want to join the organization too. So uh, I love that question. And I know that interviewers, you know, they like talking about themselves. That's so a good one. But just to go back to, to what you just asked, you know, something that's stood out to me. I think the future aspect is really important as well, but I also see the question round at the end mm-hmm. as another opportunity to insert some of your strengths, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get a lot of time with these with these individuals that you're talking to. So as much right. as you can do that as possible, you know, the better. So, you know, just looking at um, Googling the company and seeing, you know, hitting the news on Google and seeing what, what happened. Did they just acquire another company? Is there a way that you can ask a question specific to that, which kind of shows, number one, that you looked up the company, you did your research, you're thinking about the future and you have an interest in it. Like, wow, like that shows a lot of strengths on the candidate's behalf that they're asking such a um, informed question. Three things you would say for the next candidate 
that's getting ready to do an interview, what is the thing that you, in your role, obviously as a recruiter and a hiring manager to kind of get that person in that mindset of what you're looking for as a company? I would say research the role, be prepared to tell why you want the role mm -hmm. and be prepared to tell how and why you do things. Christina? I mean, I agree with all of those. Know the company, <laughs> know the role, and know yourself. Like, know right. your stories, know your strengths, know in this virtual world what works best for you, how you feel comfortable, you know, going to a different room, setting the light a certain way, kind of just know what, what makes you feel most comfortable mm -hmm. to, you know, step into this nerve-wracking situation that you're about to step into. Nerve-wracking indeed, hopefully not too bad, but I think interviews not only teach you something about yourself, I like how you said it, it's like a data point, like it's one way of learning and if you treat it, you know, even if it's not a positive experience. And I like the fact that you're saying the story is like, always the key critical piece of what you're looking for that sets the typical from the atypical. This has been great. Thank you so much. I yes. appreciate your time and effort and it's been really great. Great. Awesome. Again, that was Jennifer Kopatz Olson, Senior Engineering Recruiter, and Christina Sahagan, HR Manager with Autodesk. I'm Lola Komu. This is all for today, but if you have any suggestions or want to learn about something through our podcast, do write in to me at Digicom Manager, that is D-I-G-I-C-O-M-M Manager at P-M-I-S-F-B-A-C dot O-R-G and I would be happy to put it together in my next episode. Till then, don't forget to join P-M-I-S-F-B-A-C dot O-R-G and never stop learning something new because learning is the basis of everything and everything comes back to the basics.